I'm Cameron DeVazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points. Continue on in our quarter about education. Now we are in lesson eight, the title, Education and Redemption. And uh, Pastor Howard, uh, it seems to me that this is one of those topics that seems a little um, hard to separate the two out, right? In the sense that uh, education... Well, yes. Well, the, the lesson alludes to it. It doesn't bring up the quote, but it references the quote in the book Education by Ellen White, where she says the work of education. In fact, I think you have reference. Yeah, to that. it's on page 30. And she says, quote, in the highest sense, the work of education and the work of redemption are one. And so not just in a trite little little way, but the highest sense and its very core essence, these two things are essentially interchangeable. Yeah. So ed, the, the, the title Education and Redemption makes it sound like two different things. And so what we're really going to be looking at this week is how redemption is a work or even the work of education Absolutely. and vice versa. Absolutely. But before we do any study of God's word, we need to begin with a word of prayer. Yes. So let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for another opportunity to study. Please bless our time together. Help the lessons drawn out to be clear. Help them be beneficial for individual use and also as we look forward to Sabbath school classes who want to rightly divide the word of truth. Please lead us now by that teacher of righteousness, the Holy Spirit. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, walk us through where we're going in this week's talking points. Okay, so we talked about the overview of just looking at uh, uh, redemption as a work of education. Mm -hmm. Uh, the talking points, our first talking point is that we are created in the image of God. It, okay. it kind of sets the whole stage for the need for redemption. Well, even because the term that, redemption, to re yes. redo, to redeem something Get or restore it, go back to what? That original. So exactly. we're created in the image of God. We draw that out of Sabbath and Sunday's lessons. Talking point number two is that the work of redemption is a work of education. And we're drawing that from Monday through Wednesday's lessons. And finally... Talking point number three is that true education is the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is drawn from Thursday's lesson. So those are our talking points this week that we're going to be getting into here. All right. Well, those seem pretty straightforward. So let's just kind of walk through them one by one and develop this larger thought. Okay. Well, created in the image of God, of course, that's drawn. We can go back to Genesis chapter one and look at the, the creation of uh Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And also, again, in Genesis 5, both passages speak about man being created in the image of God. Yes. You know, I'm, I've got a quote that I'll look up for you in just a second, but continue on. I'll well, bring it back. yeah, so the lesson, um, it's interesting that the lesson on Sunday, it almost sounds like, you know, they make the point that, um, and I'm looking for a place to read here, I didn't mark it, that for centuries this phrase, the image of God, has captivated interpreters of the Bible. Yeah. Almost like this is so mystical and what have you. But we have some clarity on this. And in fact, I have one, I, well, put the quotes here in the outline. Uh, one I put in this outline that we're using, and I'm going to add one that you're about to share. Yes. So they'll have it in the outline as well. But in the book Education, Ellen White says this. She says, when Adam came from the Creator's hand, he bore in his physical mental and spiritual nature a likeness to his maker so the lesson was like well is the image of god yeah, is, is it the physical, physical? is it spiritual <laughs> well it's probably more spiritual well right. she's clear that it includes all those components and i think the quote you have right. is even more to the point point. and this is from patriarchs and prophets page 45 but she talks about the image of god and what it means she said man was to bear god's image both in outward resemblance and in character christ alone is the express image from hebrews 1 verse 3 of the father 
But man was formed in the likeness of God. And here's what she understands that to mean. His nature was in harmony with the will of God. His mind was capable of comprehending divine things. His affections were pure. His appetites and passions were under the control of reason. He was holy and happy in bearing the image of God and in perfect obedience to his will. So clearly, the lion's share of the image of God is character traits, right? Yes. That he was happy, holy, his affections were under mm -hmm. control of reason. All the, and that's how she understood us to bear primarily the image of God. Though there was an outward element, yes. it's clearly the spiritual nature. Well, we don't alter the outward. In other words, the image of God, The mm -hmm. again, Ellen White makes the point that the image included physical, mental, and spiritual. That highlighted right. the fact that man, that man has a resemblance to what God looks like. Sure. Um, I don't know how marred that has become. Exactly. I don't know how far off the mark we've come. <laughs> but the but... point is, I can't change my image. I mm -hmm. can't change and say, I want to have six fingers instead of five right. or whatever. Um, but the character is where right. redemption is focused on absolutely uh, transforming. And so when we talk about redeeming into the image of God, you know, the glorification, we'll get a whole new body, yeah. praise the Lord. But yeah. what we're talking about is this spiritual side of things, right? That's right. And and I put in the in the handout drawn from that uh, statement in education, and I concluded a little part of it, but the image includes physical, mental, and spiritual, all having capacity of infinite growth and development, if you read the larger mm. uh, statement by Ellen White. So this, this, um, in fact, we're going to finish the lesson with that quote. But the the fact is that God created humanity to have this ability to continual, continually be developing mm. in character, even in the perfection that He created them in. Yeah, which is well, that's an. I mean, we don't have time to chase <laughs> that rabbit right now. But I mean, we can apparently have a perfect character and still grow. That's right. And just like you would physically or intellectually, that there's just there's growth. Well, let's just say we're not God. And let's so just say that. That's <laughs> well, we're ne so we're never going to attain to that, right. which means there's always room for advancement, thus yeah. education and what have you. Incredible. And, and that from a standpoint of the original creation, but we know that the original purpose for God in humanity was marred yes. through the fall. And I've just included one passage, and you could go to any number of passages, but I was like the Isaiah 1, 6 passage, and I've included it in the notes in the Good News from the Good News Bible, where it says, from head to foot, there is not a healthy spot on your body. You are covered with bruises and sores and open wounds. And the context <laughs> of this is spiritual, and right. you'll see many commentators like, this is speaking of the fallen condition of man. It talks about God's people in captivity, but it's really speaking to the fallenness of human nature and how far we've come from that original mm. ideal. That Mercy. brokenness and not a not a healthy spot. Yeah. It, it's it's talking about the condition of what the fall has brought us into. It's almost so, hard for us to imagine what we could have been or even were yes. before the fall, much less what we could have been if we hadn't fallen at all. That's right. And so we're going back to a thing that we even have a hard time envisioning what even the model but is. But this is what redemption is predicated on. Yeah. That we were created in the image of God, which yes. leads us to number two: the work of redemption is. A work of it. First of all, there need, there's a work of redemption needed, but how this ties in with education is our is our talking point number two. The work of redemption is a work of education. Well, it's, sorry to interrupt you, but it, it, that first point is so important as it leads into the second point because when we think about salvation, oftentimes our evangelical friends or something would would kind of 
the idea is God knows my brokenness. He knows my condition. He right. loves me as I am. He takes me as I am. Yes. But that he's just going to take the broken me and put me in a great place. Yeah. But what God wants to do is actually build me. It's a very limited me. view. Yeah, that's it, what I'm saying. We have a bigger and broader view that I think that we even sometimes I, don't think about. I always balk at this, and I know people get irritated when I do, but that bumper <laughs> sticker that says, I'm not, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. Mm. And I know what they're trying to get at, but the <laughs> point is it, belitt- it, 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 it boils down redemption to forgiveness. Right. And and if you want to take forgiveness in the fullest sense of the word, means it's to, a restoration. To give God's righteousness for our sin, to give mm. for our sin, to replace. Okay, but that's not how people take it. It's just like you said. It's, he's going to have to take the broken me and put me in a better place. Yeah. And it's not like why sell ourselves so short right. from what God really wants yes. to do with us. No, 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 Lord, don't worry about making me over. I mean, it's like having an old broken down car and somebody's like, look, I'll buy you a new car. No, 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 if you could just fix that dent in the side, I'll be fine. I mean, yeah, um, yeah we have too too low, too narrow, what do you mean, book education, <laughs> yes. our, 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 our understanding of education takes far too narrow, limited a view. So when we talk to here in point number two, the work of redemption is a work of education. We have to keep that broader, uh, number one, ideal in mind, that we're trying to be restored well, to vary the image of God. Yes. Yeah. It only makes sense. P- point number two, the work of redemption is a work of education. It only makes sense when you understand the work of redemption is to restore God's image. And that's exactly. the first bullet point. The work of redemption is to restore God's image in man. And the quote from Education, page 15, says, to restore in man the image of his maker, to bring him back. And this is brought out on uh, Sunday's lesson at the end of paragraph one, at least it's referenced there, to restore in man the image of his maker, to bring him back to the perfection in which he was created, to promote the development of body, mind, and soul that the divine purpose in his creation might be realized. This was to be the work of redemption. This is the object of education, the great object of life. So what a powerful Mm, statement. We've read that before. But that's what... Ed, the work of redemption is. It's restoring that image in man, and this is the object of education. Education is to educate man back into that original, and we're going to talk about what that means in a minute. Well, and, and well, let's move exactly into that, because this, you would think, like, well, if he's got a, maybe it's just a spiritual thing, the Holy Spirit's just going to come down and... Presto change I, I, Almost magically, yes. you know, miraculously. But somehow that Not transformation... It, it is a right, miracle. Right, of course it is. But we have almost a removed view from that, like it's a, yes. it's an external thing or it's a declarative thing or something. Right, I'm going to get a front row seat in the bleachers and watch it all happen. Exactly, but, but the reality is somehow that restoration that God has in store for us, he wants to accomplish by teaching us, by retooling right. our thinking according to his principles. That's right. And so bullet point number two is that this work of restoration is accomplished to a large degree by education. We have examples in scripture. The lesson brought up Jesus as a teacher, a rabbi, a few lessons back, and it brings it up again. But in this context, the idea of Jesus teaching, trying to make the point that, you know, for him to come as the Messiah, you mm-hmm. could label him with all kinds of things. What, what He was a miracle worker. He was right. a healer. He was a this, which he was. But to but to call him a teacher kind mm-hmm. of speaks to that point of Jesus yes. understood, God understood in the whole plan of redemption that that re- role to the way back to the original Is ideal by education. was, yeah. was a, like I said, to a large degree accomplished by education. Mm-hmm. The lesson brings up on uh, Tuesday, 
this concept of Moses and the prophets or the law and the prophets. Now the first paragraph says on Tuesday's lesson, the word for the first part of the Bible, the Torah, um, and so let me be clear that the, the five books of Moses in the beginning, Genesis, mm -hmm. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, were referred to as the Torah. That's what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. But that word is also translated in the Old Testament, the law. Yes. To the law and to the testimony in Isaiah, that word is Torah. Mm -hmm. And the word they bring out, well, they'll make the point here. The word for the first part of the Bible, the Torah, is sometimes translated as the law. In fact, it's often translated as the law, partly because there are many laws in these books, but Torah really means teaching or instruction. This understanding is very different from what many think the law in the Bible is about, namely rules and regulations that we have to follow to remain in God's good graces. Not so. The law is intended as teaching material dealing with how to live successfully and safely in the covenant relationship God intended when he created us in the first place. Now, I get where they're going fine. here, yeah. and, and, and I want to emphasize the point they make. It's very different than some people think about the law as rules and regulations we have to follow in order to get in God's good graces. Right. But anytime we do that, it seems to throw this throw stones at the idea of rules and regulations. Right. The only problem with rules and regulations in this paragraph is that those rules and regulations are viewed as something I do in order to exactly. become justified. Right, and so it almost feels like they go overboard to say, like, no, 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 you might think rules and regulations, but it's not that. It's, quote, <laughs> teaching, teaching material. material, how to, well, and my question teaching is, me how to do something, that's a rule, right? That's a, right. My question is that, what does that teaching material consist of? Well, <laughs> rules, rules, regulations, some stipulation. So I, I always get bothered when rules and regulations are thrown under the bus. Like, no parent worthy of being called a parent <laughs> yes is without rules and regulations. Right. But a good parent makes rules and regulations because they love their children. And right. those rules and regulations are appreciated by children, if not when they're younger, when they become older. Right. And so, um, but again, the lesson is speaking to, just with the whole concept of the law and the prophets, the instruction of God, that, that and, and we know that the law and the prophets became a, an idiom for the Bible. The whole scripture, yeah. And what, it, what is the Bible? It's, it's a book of God's instruction. Why? <laughs> Why did he give us the instruction? Because we, well, to go back to a previous point, it's to help that restoration exactly process. Right. And so, you know, you think about the nature of humanity in this sense. We were built in the image of God. Outward appearance, yes, but primarily mm -hmm. the spiritual. We have fallen from that, and God's goal, by his mercy, is to bring us back. And so what does he do to do it? He gives us things like, you know, books and words and sentences. <laughs> right. And I and I don't mean to be to be uh, flippant about this, but when God, the the greatest thing that we need from God and He has gifted us with is the opportunity of redemption. Well, right? you're thinking you were talking about this, I and mean, it's like the Lord's like, here, you know, if you ever get around to it, I mean, I know you're busy and you may never, but if you ever get around to it, you might think about reading that. Yeah. I mean. In other words, the God of heaven wanted to communicate with us, so he gave us a book. <laughs> that's right. And, and that that's, he expects us to read yes. for the purpose, as our memory verse says, for instruction in right. righteousness. So the that? man made God may be thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly complete, right? That, that if he wants to give us completion, 
full restoration, we need to follow his instruction. That's how he has chosen in That's his infinite exactly wisdom right. to communicate and to reform our lives. And so we can't look at it like, well, you know, rules and regulations, one thing, but also paintings and also music <laughs> and all that. No, <laughs> those are great things. In it, but God chose his method of communication. It's through instruction, appealing to our minds so we can choose whom we will serve. That's right. And we're going to see the Holy Spirit has a role in that as well. Absolutely. But that, you had made the point uh, as we were going through this, that whatever God wants from us, yes. we should expect that it would be found in the scripture. Absolutely. And, and we talk about this re restoration. We know the Bible principle in 2 Corinthians 3.18, that by beholding, we become changed. And yes. Paul, in the context, talks about beholding as in a mirror, mm -hmm. the glory of the Lord. Well, if you read the context, that mirror, and we've talked about this before, is the scripture. Yeah. So the scripture is a primary tool God's given to re-educate us. Yes. And lead us back to that original Amen. Uh, uh, ideal, Amen. Is the image of God in humanity. So mm. the work of education and the work of redemption are one. And our mm -hmm. point number two is the work of redemption is a work of education indeed. Absolutely. So let's take a look at that third idea now. True education is the work of the Holy Spirit. Now I know my little tirade there, I could have made it sound like, well, if you just read the book, yeah. right? If you just have the right knowledge in your mind and in proper you know, biblical instruction, then it will just automatically happen. Or we can like strain really hard and think ourselves back into mm -hmm. that ideal. But clearly, as we talked about in previous lessons, the, the nature of fallen man is such that even if I had all the accurate information, there's still a spiritual transformation that I cannot attain through my own efforts That's or right. my own, you know, even desires for it. I need we talked, help. We talked right. about it in our last lesson, the idea of spirit and truth. Yes. Not being two different things, but two components of the same thing. And that's what you're talking about. Truth can't really exist without spirit. It right. is. It does end up just being a bunch of empty facts. That's not truth. Uh, I think we've shared on here before a statement Ellen White made in the 1888 materials where she says, truth is only truth to those who practice it. And so mm. we've got a lot of times we're like, well, that's those people, they just have a head full of knowledge and that's the truth. No, truth is transformative. Yes. And so the spirit and truth go together. And that's what you're, you're speaking to there. Yes, indeed. This idea of uh, uh, the spirit. Well, true education is the work of the Holy Spirit. So it's not just facts. And the spirit is called the spirit of truth. Yes, he so is. So <laughs> on Thursday's lesson, Jeremy, that I quote thought this was, well, paragraph two, you go ahead. Okay, paragraph two in the lesson makes this point. Now it talks about Jesus educating his disciples. I thought it was interesting that they said he sp they spent an equivalent uh, time as a basically uh, high school a course or college. in high school yeah. or college with Jesus. Yeah. They're a three and a half year period. Um, but it says, uh, and I'm going to finish with the end of that paragraph. It says, at the completion of either period, depending upon the person, students are often considered ready to manage on their own, right after high school, uh -huh. after college, whatever. The second paragraph says, but Jesus knew better, and so he provided his followers with ongoing or continual education under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit, which I totally agree with. And it goes on to say, elsewhere, the teacher or guide, that teacher or guide is identified as comforter or advocate, in the Greek parakletos, who will be given to the followers of Jesus permanently. Mm -hmm. He is identified as the spirit of truth. While the Holy Spirit is not identified as an educator, the work of the Spirit certainly is educational, particularly as it pertains to seeking 
and finding truth. Now, I'm good with all of that except for that, that one little sentence. There, like, clause. He's not identified as an educator. He's exactly identified as an educator. Yeah. Now, first of all, without getting real direct, just indirectly, it mentions he's called the spirit of truth, right? Mm-hmm. Bible says in John 14, he's going to be, he's, he, Jesus says, I'll spend you another comfort of the spirit of truth. What does that mean? What's the significance of him being, like, is Jesus saying he's the spirit of truth? He knows the truth and you don't. Or is the implication that he's going to take that truth <laughs> and, <laughs> and communicate and it, to it to you? Yeah. And we know what it means because John 16, why don't you read John 16, 13? Yeah, John 16, verse 13 is, you know, Jesus speaking of the Holy Spirit. It says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. So, What's another word for that? <laughs> first of all, but, but notice that, the, the, that the, this is one of those, we're not getting into the nature of the Holy Spirit right. things, but it's not just a nebulous force from God or right. a godly, you know, pervading. No, this you know, is an intellectual. This is he identified. Yes, this is a person, personal pronoun. a personal pronoun. He called the spirit of truth. And what's the action verb? Will guide you into all yeah. truth. Well, if that's not the very definition of an educator, I don't know what is. So I didn't understand how... Well, I was going to say, what, to guide you into the truth, I mean, what's another word for that? Teach. teach. <laughs> well, I don't know why on no. Mondays they went out of their way to talk about Jesus as a teacher. Well, he's called this, and the, right. but, but by the Holy Spirit. Now, does, it almost makes it sound like, and eh, he does some educational elements well, to his work. Part of me is, I'd like to ask him, it's like he's not identified as an educator. Is teacher not equivalent to educator? <laughs> Because, I don't know. Because now we allude, it allude, guiding into is an allusion to teaching. Right. But the Bible actually calls him the teacher. teacher of, he will yeah. teach you all things yes. that I have said to you, Jesus said. The Holy Spirit, Paul says, we're not to, we're to compare spiritual things with spiritual um, as the Holy Ghost teaches mm. in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. Right. So those are just two texts that call him a teacher. And of course, there's the question, is the teacher of righteousness, right? right? That the Holy Spirit will... Well, Joel yeah. 2, uh, 23 in the yeah. margin calls yeah. the latter rain or the early rain a teacher of righteousness, according yeah. to righteousness in the margin. So repeatedly, the Holy Spirit is called a teacher. Right. So and I so wasn't sure what... Exactly. And so I don't want to get, I don't want to be too offense taken here. Or maybe it's a typo. <laughs> maybe that's the... But also, by the way, there's a singular, there's a, there's a oneness to the Godhead. It's not like... Christ is a teacher, but the Holy Spirit, on the other hand. Right. Well, I know they have distinct functions and everything like that, but both of them, Jesus identified as the teacher, and then he said, I'm going to send you another helper, and he's going to teach you. So it's clearly right. it's picking up the continuation of Christ's ministry of That's education exactly right. is the work of the Holy Spirit. So. Well, I found this interesting quote. I need, I'm going to add it into I didn't have it on our outline. Okay. And we were talking about it. Desire of Ages 671, Ellen White says, The Comforter is called the Spirit of Truth. His work is to define and maintain the truth. Mm. He first dwells in the heart as the spirit of truth, and thus, or in this way, he becomes the comforter. There is comfort and peace in the truth, but no real peace or comfort can be found in falsehood. It is through mm. false theories mm. and traditions that Satan gains his power over the mind. Mm -hmm. By directing men to false standards, he misshapes the character. Right? And we're mm. talking about that character being shaped back through yes. the scriptures, the Holy Spirit. So we talked about the scripture being that fund and why God mm -hmm. gave it. Through the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, not independent of the scriptures. Through the scriptures, the Holy Spirit speaks to the mind and impresses truth upon the heart. I.e., he teaches us the truth. Thus, he exposes error and expels it from the soul. 
It is by the Spirit of truth working through the Word of God that Christ subdues his chosen people to himself. Powerful. Mercy. Yeah, and, and so again, even there it's like, well, he's called a comforter, an advocate, but he's also an educator on the side. The way he comforts That's right. is by educating us, teaching us the truth right. of God from his word. So let's just, I just wanted to be careful not to draw too much line of distinction between like, now Jesus is a teacher, yes. now the Holy Spirit's just a comforter. Yeah. Come on now, the way he comforts and is I by like teaching And I like what you said, an truth. extension of the ministry of Christ. That's exactly Absolutely. what the Spirit is. And then the lesson made the point at the, at the end of Thursday, the last uh, uh, sentence or two, we have the mind of Christ, meaning that Spirit-filled Christians have access even to the mind of God and thus to any amount of learning or understanding that would be needed to know the path of righteousness. And they reference 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, which is one of those passages where it tells us the Holy Spirit teaches. <laughs> but it's a great passage. We often hear part of it. I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's actually 1 Corinthians 2, 2 9. So they're bringing up, um, what I say, 10 to 10 13. To 13 yes. And 10 starts with the word but, but you, you've got to get nine first. And we, like I said, we hear that a lot. Eye is not seen or ear is not even entered into the imagination, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And then you have there in uh, verse 13, these things we speak not in word which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Spirit teaches. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the idea there is we have access to the Holy Spirit's understanding. And mm -hmm. I'm saying this because when we're talking about the work of redemption and we talked about how this work of education continues in eternity, that uh, the capacity to learn is, is infinite. And mm -hmm. I think it's outlined here. And the Holy Spirit has begun even now to teach us the things of God. But we'll be learning the things of God for eternity because we're not God. We're, we're, you know, there's always going to be more to learn. Yeah, that's incredible to think about that. We, we can know every word of the Bible. We can have all the transformation of character able this side of heaven, right? And, and be brought into that re restored image. Mm -hmm. But once all of that happens, we'll go back to what, what God saw in Adam, which is the starting point, yeah. right? And now you're ready <laughs> okay, to begin. Okay, now let's begin. It's exactly. Like you're like, are you kidding me? It's like, yeah, we just <laughs> made it back to the starting point. And, and it's almost breathtaking to try to comprehend like how far, not even off the original we are, but that original was never God's finished product. Like it was still continuing on throughout eternity. And that's just... Well, pause the thought yeah. because the con in our concluding notes, Friday's discussion question two asks, what did Ellen White mean when she wrote Heaven is a School? All right. So we'll save that <laughs> when we get there. But it's it's a big idea. But that, no, that it, we are there. Oh, okay. Well, good. We can dive right <laughs> into that. The point is you're, you're commenting on that. How would you yeah. answer that? What did Ellen White mean when she wrote Heaven is a School? That's well, what yeah, we're talking about. Well, Heaven is a School. We're going to keep learning. That's right. And we're going to keep growing. And I don't even I don't even understand. And that's the Bible brings that up. It hasn't even into our imagination or hearts right. what it could possibly be. But we know it's going to be more. <laughs> so right. I don't know. It's incredible. Well, that last paragraph speaks to that. Uh, education, page 15. Some of this we looked at already, but it gives the fuller context. God created man in his own image. And it was his purpose that the longer man lived, the more fully he should reveal this image. This is before sin. Yeah, this is the right? Adam, right? Yeah. The more fully reflect the glory of the creator. All his faculties were 
all his faculties were capable of development. Their capacity and vigor were continually to increase. Vast was the scope offered for their exercise. I mean, we think about we <laughs> age and it de strength decreases. No, it yeah. was made to increase. Um, vast the scope offered for their exercise. Glorious the field open to their research. The mysteries of the visible universe. The wondrous works of him which is perfect in knowledge invited man's study. Face-to-face, heart-to-heart communion with his maker was his high privilege. Had he remained loyal to God, all this would have been his forever. Throughout eternal ages, he would have continued to gain new treasures of knowledge to discover fresh springs of happiness and to obtain clearer and clearer conceptions of the wisdom, the power, and the love of God. More and more fully would he have fulfilled the object of his creation, more and more fully have reflected the Creator's glory. Now, this is in the beginning of the book of education. Book education, Ellen mm. White is talking about how that didn't happen, then came the fall. Right. But what it does is it gives us a glimpse into what's going to happen when we're Incredible. restored in the kingdom of God. Incredible. Amen. New this ways, new treasures Never-ending capacity for growth. And discover fresh springs of happiness. New ways <laughs> to be happy. Yeah. New ideas to understand. Amen. I mean, it's incredible. Well, this is through uh, very, very much a rich study, and I hope that everyone's local Sabbath school class is just as full of life and vitality and uh, these high ideals. Uh, but we need to close this time down with a word of prayer. So, uh, Pastor Howard, can you close us today? Yes, let's pray. Father in heaven, we're just so thankful that you did not leave us to be lost, mm. but sent your Son in this uh, with the, on the mission of redemption. And Lord, you've given us your word to reveal him to us and you to us and to provide a way back. You've given us the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth to lead us into truth. And Lord, we look forward to that time when we can begin kindergarten, as it were, mm -hmm. in the kingdom, having been redeemed from the fall and put back on that path that you originally intended for humanity. Lord, we thank you for your love and we um, thank you for your son, Jesus, and we love you and we uh, pray that you will bless those who have studied this week and have been part of this lesson as they seek to reflect your image in this life and soon to be reunited with you in your kingdom. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.